Hey y'all, it's Io here from Noodle Nook and I help teachers survive and thrive in special education. Today I'm talking with my friend Amber all about intermittent fasting for teachers. And let me tell you, her journey and transformation have been amazing. And she's sharing with us some really helpful tips on how you can start with intermittent fasting and make it a success for you, especially as a classroom teacher. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm glad I'm here too. I'm excited to talk about IF. Absolutely. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I am 33 years old and I am a special education teacher. I currently teach life skills um, in middle school and I've been doing it for six years. Before that, I was a special education resource teacher. So uh, special education is just kind of in my heart and blood. Um, always love helping people no matter what. Gotcha, so you've got 10 years in the, in the classroom, huh? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Well, so that's part of your educational journey. Is there anything else you wanted to add about that you got to the point? I went to undergrad at Texas State and I graduated with a Bachelor in inter Interdisciplinary Studies and then I got my master's degree at Sam Houston State in Special Education and I did my Educational Diagnostician certification with that. Um, but I love the classroom too much to move out of it right now. Oh, well that's amazing. You've got a lot of cred. Welcome to the show. We might have to have you back to talk about educational type stuff too. <laughs> So what is your passion? My passion is really just helping people in all areas. So when I'm not in the classroom helping students, I'm usually kind of doing life coaching things on the side. So I'm always improving people, helping them uh, improve their positive self-talk, uh, improving their overall health and appearance, and just being a better person all around. Let's have a conversation about IF. And before we even get going, I have to make sure I say that neither Amber or myself are medical professionals. None of the things that we say are medical advice by any means. We are just two teachers chatting about intermittent fasting and how this way of living has changed our lives. So if you want to start on your own personal weight loss journey, please make sure you consult your own physician and do your own research. We are just sharing our experience. That was like the legalese out of the way. <laughs> so how did you find out about IF? Um, well, I stumbled upon IF on accident, actually. Uh, we do a weight loss, weight challenge at work every year. And so last January, um, we had eight weeks and they said that the pot was pretty big and we were going to get a cash prize if we won the Friday before spring break. And I said, I really want that money. And I'm a competitive person by nature. So I was looking up keto and I stumbled across, across IF and I was like, this is really fascinating. Um, and I started reading more into it and um, I actually was reading, uh, a, it was about uh, Dr. Jason Fung and the obesity codes. So it was talking about how our bodies are insulin resistant and over time, and I was like, this kind of sounds like things I've been going through. So I'm the type of person that I just jump into things head first. Um, so that Monday I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to fast. And I started off doing 16 hour fasting and eight hour eating windows. And I kind of learned along the way. 
like I said, I wanted the money. I'm a competitive person. <laughs> um, and then IF was easy because there was really strict rules. If your window was open, you could eat. If your window was closed, you couldn't eat. And being a teacher, we follow rules. And so it made more sense to me than anything I had done before because my window's closed, I don't eat. That's it, period in the story. And if my window's open, I get to eat. So, so the uh, of that mentality really helped you be successful with IF, I, I would say so. I, I think that. And then the, the, the competition was nice. It was eight weeks long. So I, I, you know, I had eight weeks of IF under my belt before the competition ended. And so I got to see some pretty good results, which was obviously motivating for me to continue even after the weight loss competition ended. Did you, did you win the competition? I have to know. I did. I've actually won it the last two years in a row. So I probably am not allowed to join this following year. <laughs> That's amazing. It is. I have some haters and I've got some, you know, fans. So when you started out, you started out because of the competition and you stick, you stuck with it the whole time, right? Like you did it south? I didn't. So I did eight weeks. I fasted every day for at least um, 16 hours. And um, I actually, towards the end of it, I was doing more of an 18 hour fast and a, a six hour eating window just because your body naturally, you don't get hungry as sooner. Um, but I did stick with it for the whole eight weeks. And uh, I think in the eight weeks, I lost 41 pounds uh, during the first competition. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh, that's insanity. So if you don't mind my asking, what was your starting weight when you dropped that 40? Um, so my heaviest weight ever was, I hovered around 315. When I started the competition, I was around 290. So I had lost about 25 pounds on my own, just kind of watching what I eat, doing little changes. Um, so right at 290, and that was January of 2019. Um, and I lost, yeah, 41 pounds the first eight weeks. So it came off pretty quickly. Yeah, that's uh, right. Like my mouth is just hanging open because... I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Especially with a 16, 8, 18, 6 kind of window, because I know some people have found that they need to be a little stricter in the beginning to really see results like that. So those are amazing results. They, they really were. I will add that I didn't, um, I didn't eat a really, really high carb diet. I didn't not cut carbs out, but I didn't eat, you know, spaghetti every night and, and, and pasta and stuff. So I limited how much pasta, potatoes and stuff I ate so two or three nights a week. So I will, I will add that. Um, I wasn't just feasting on pizza the whole time, but I, I wasn't cutting anything out of my diet either. So were you exercising at that point too, or were you just doing IF? I was, I was just doing IF. I, I just recently started exercising um, when we went in quarantine, actually. <laughs> I know people out there might now know the difference between dirty fasting and clean fasting, but clean fasting is during your fasting time, you're just having water, black coffee, um, decaf tea maybe, just everything kind of away from any kind of extra sweeteners or splashes of this or that. And dirty fasting is maybe your coffee or maybe some, some sweetened water. <laughs> Um, so were you dirty fasting during that eight weeks or were you clean fasting? I, I was dirty fasting at the beginning. I am guilty. Yes, I did. I, um, I couldn't get away from my stevia and my coffee and that was keeping me dirty fasting. Um, 
and I'm not anymore. <laughs> I, I have recovered. Um, <laughs> no, um, yes, but I, I did. I did dirty fast at the beginning. And um, luckily, I did see results. But I will tell you, I didn't see as much body composition and rechange until I started clean fasting. Um, I lost the weight fast, dirty fasting, but it, it, I didn't tone at all. I didn't see I had extra skin. Once I started clean fasting and cutting that stevia out, which is my guilty, embracing the black coffee, um, that, that's when I really started seeing changes, not just in the weight, but my other health. So just to add, I, I used to take allergy pills every day, um, nose spray, I mean, everything. And, and I think I've taken an allergy pill twice this year. So it, it, it's really changing my body, my entire health and not, not just my weight loss. Um, heartburn, indigestion, those are things that are unheard of now. Sometimes these little indicators, these things that we are doing, we're really masking our body saying, hey, I need some help here. Can you change something? And, and really not listening. I don't think so I realized, um, I guess, how often I was taking, like you said, the heartburn medicine, indigestion medicine, um, even just upset stomach medicine overall, uh, even allergy medicines, until I didn't have to take it anymore. It had become so natural for me. And so it's really amazing to wake up and not have to be like, okay, do I take my allergy medicine? Do I take my heart for medicine? Yeah, it's so freeing. So out of curiosity, when you were getting the results and you were going forward and you, you won the competition and you did a great job, um, how did you keep yourself on track that first, right in the beginning? Because I think in the beginning, people have a lot of problems getting started. And you're like rule follower, you just did it, but... Any tips or advice for people who are like, ah, six, eight hours of no food? So it, it, it is hard, and I guess I made it sound easier than it is. Um, there was days that, trust me, my window wasn't an open, and I was ready to eat the entire horse, cow, anything someone was going to give me. Um, I would say one thing is to keep busy, because a lot of people snack when they're bored or just out of habit. So find something new to do with your hands, even if it's knitting or, or something like that, especially since all of us are kind of at home right now. Um, so puzzles, puzzles are fun. Um, keep busy. The more you're sitting around thinking about it, the more you're gonna feel hungry, the more you're gonna want more food. Uh, always keep in your head that you're not denying it, you're delaying it. So if you walk into school, and everybody's eating donuts because you know how school is. They love to feed you. You don't have to not eat the donut. It's okay. So you take your donut, you wrap it up in a napkin, and you go put it in your purse or your file cabinet, wherever you want to hide it, and you save it. And when your window opens, you eat that donut like it's the best donut you've ever it had. It is the best donut that you <laughs> eat it when your window opens. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm six months in, you're 18 months in. Um, and it's like everything's much easier in hindsight. Now it's just so second nature to do intermittent fasting that I don't even think about it anymore. But in the beginning, it literally would be like, water is your best friend. And um, there's cold water and there's hot water and there's sparkling water. 
and I know you're laughing at me right now, but sometimes you just need a change and that cold water is not doing it anymore. So you drink some room temperature water and it makes a difference. I have sparkling water and room temperature water and cold water all available to me. And, and then your coffee, there's hot coffee, there's cold coffee. Now you have nitro blue brew coffee, which, you know, it gets foamy, it's a whole different texture. Absolutely, and I'm a tea drinker. So I would have hot tea, I would have iced tea. <laughs> um, my mom would put a coffee bean into the bottom of her water just to give her water a little bit of flavor. flavor. Um, so yeah, you will have a new intimate relationship with water. If you feel hungry, a lot of times, really, it, uh, your body's not hungry. It, your mind kind of thinks you're hungry. And a lot of times, just drinking that water, the tea, coffee, it, it resets you. And you're able to keep going without feeling terrible all day. Now, I do want to put out there, if you feel terrible and you actually feel like dizzy or lightheaded, you're, the, all the rules of the window go out the window, for real. Um, right. Because you don't, want to, you don't want to compromise your own health. But if it's just that growling in your stomach, so I like to think of when the, my stomach's growling, it's eating my fat. And so it helps me power on that I can keep going, right? So that rumble in your stomach is it's eating all that stored energy, all that, all that stored fuel. So it's making room. Well, and so I'm going to kind of recap here for anybody who is kind of thinking maybe IF might work for them, but they're not sure if they have the amount of discipline. Um, Amber, you're a rule follower, and I think that that works really well for you. For me, I'm not as much of a rule follower. I'm kind of a cheater. <laughs> like, oh, I totally do that, except I'm just going to try this one donut. Um, but for me, it was just one day at a time. Like, I'm going to do it today, and then we'll see how tomorrow goes. And I had an accountability partner, and that made all the difference for me. Somebody I checked in with every day to tell them how I had done that day before. And for me, that was my motivator. So I couldn't kind of find it in myself. I had to get an accountability partner. And I eventually talked to my husband into trying this too. And he was adamant that he could not do it. He's like, there's no way you're not meant to not eat for that long. It's not good for you. But when he started to see my results, I think he started to say to himself like, hey, I don't want to get left behind. <laughs> So he started it, and the first four days, four or five days, were rough. But then his body acclimated, and it got a lot easier. At what point did you start to see that it was easier for you to kind of eye up, keep in your window, and not think about it? So I've gone through stages. Of course, the first, like you said, the first week is, is rough, rough. Okay. Your body has no idea what's going on. It, it, it ultimately thinks you're starving it. Um, it's confused, it doesn't know, you know. So that's that's the hardest part. If you can make it through the first week, you've really gone up a pretty big hill. Um, and then your body kind of goes through other changes as it adapts. So I noticed right around that six to eight weeks, there was another really hard kick where I was feeling hungry again, um, earlier than my fast. I had to really kind of take a second look, look at you know my progress pictures and stuff. Um, and then over time too, about every six months or so, I think as my body changes, I'll go through maybe a slump for a week. And, and my advice on that is to, if you do go through a slump, is to change it up. So um, a lot of people are really stuck on doing the same amount of fasting time every day. 
And you don't have to do that. You can fast for 16 hours one day, 20 the next, 19 the next. And, and it's actually better because you're keeping your body surprised and it doesn't know exactly what time you're eating. Um, so anytime you feel like you're getting in a slump or it's really hard, I have some advice. My first advice would be to take pictures right at the beginning. Measure yourself, measure your arm, measure your toe, measure your nose. I mean, measure everything. <laughs> it sounds so silly, but you lose inches in so many places that you didn't even realize you were overweight. Um, just from inflammation and stuff. So take pictures, weigh yourself, but then throw the scale away or lock it up or, or do something because you don't want to obsess over it. And there's a good chance that you may not lose the first week or two, especially if you don't have a lot to lose. So you don't want to be obsessed and not give your body a full chance to see if IF is going to work for you by weighing yourself every day. Uh, and then take pictures because even if the scale, you know, in two weeks doesn't say the pictures are going to show you're, you're going to see a difference, um, in the inflammation in your face. Um, and if you don't have a measuring, uh, measuring tape that, you know, is bendable fabric, just take a string and hang it on the wall. And next week, take another string and you'll see how many, you know, inches you're losing. That's a great visual. I love that. That sounds super motivating. Like you said, take it literally one fast at a time. Don't worry about tomorrow's fast because if not, you're, you're going to be trying to eat extra. You're going to be stressing about it. So focus on today's fast and each day set a time that you think you can do. Today, I'm going to do 18 hours. And if you do 18, that's wonderful. Eat, celebrate. And then tomorrow, if you only do 16, that's okay too. Um, you just got to keep going and focusing on the fast. The magic is during your fast time. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people do try to stay very consistent. You know, my, my window is six hours. It is from noon to 6 p.m. And that's it. And I think that really, that negates the, the beauty of fasting is that it is so flexible. So you might have an event or um, a festival at school and you want to eat earlier in the day because you want to take part in the celebration. Slide that six hours forward. Or you're going out on date night with your spouse, slide it back. The flexibility is really part of the beauty. But I think to hold yourself to that floor, right? Like no matter what happens, I'm always going to get in a 14 hour fast. Even in my worst moments, 14, 4, 16, and stick to that. But then have a little flexibility so that it doesn't feel restrictive. Because I think that there's a lot of danger in abandoning things when you feel like you're overly restricted. That's 100%. And that's honestly why I love IF. If there's a potluck at work and I want to join it, but it's not during my window, I just change my window. I just make sure I fast for the amount of time I want. I open my window for the potluck. I socialize, I enjoy my coworkers, I have a really good time, I stuff my face, I probably eat too much, but then I close my window and I start my fast again and I don't have to stress and I don't, I don't have to worry. I don't feel guilty that I ate anything, you know, I ate, ate whatever anybody cooked. Um, I didn't have to sit there and eat, you know, broccoli and carrots with no ranch and water for lunch. 
so that I felt like I was participating. You know, I, I could really participate. If there's a birthday party, I change my window. Um, Father's Day, I change my window. And it, and it makes it so, I don't know, it just takes all the stress off, like exactly what you were saying. And I know that I can still go to any event I want and there's gonna be food for me to eat. I don't have to worry about the diet food. I don't have to worry about the low carb or um, anything like that, or if they're not gonna have the right beverage for me. And there's something to that. I mean, I, this is maybe 20 years ago, did Weight Watchers and counted the points and did the food. And it was always, you were looking for the end of the diet journey because you were so restricted that you couldn't wait back to get back to real life. You know, you're you're at a party and you're like, okay, well, I, I can only have grilled chicken and steamed broccoli, no butter, and a uh, side salad, no dressing. What kind of life is that? If people are eating pizza, you'll want to eat the pizza. And I think that that is the part of IF that has just been so freeing is that there's no off-limit food. Like, if today I decide that my meal is going to consist of Twinkies and Doritos, I'm a Twinkie and Dorito myself out. <laughs> but when my window closes, I'm done. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you saw this to be true for you, but after a while, you actually don't even want the Doritos and Twinkies anymore. You're only going to eat for a small window, and your body tells you that it wants something good. You do. You become a food snob. You really, really do. All of your food into it has to be window worthy is what I like to say. Um, and so people will say, well, you want to go buy taco? No, that is not window worthy. And you know, that might be something that I used to really like. Um, and so over time, you naturally, you're, you're, you have appetite correction and you don't, like you said, you don't want the Twinkies, you don't want the Doritos and they don't really make you feel good after you eat them. And they don't even taste good. They, they don't even taste like how I think they're going to taste when I start. I'll take a bite and I'm like, well, I don't get what this Twinkie thing is all about. Ugh. Let me go find something else. I will, I will warn you, though. You might become a chef if you start IF. I, I've cooked more in my life over the last 18 months than I probably ever have because you you know what food is good and you know how to cook it so that it tastes good so that it is window worthy. You know, it, it satisfies you and you feel good. I completely agree. I completely agree. Well, so I was going to ask you about recommendations that you would make for teachers who are looking to start their IF journey. Um, but it sounds like you've kind of given us a couple of really good pointers already, right? So could you break that down into some pointers of tips for teachers? So for teachers, I uh, my biggest recommendation would be to not have your window at work. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's going to be really freeing because you wake up in the morning. What do you have to bring? Your coffee, your water, your tea? That's it. And most of the time you have that stuff in your classroom already. So you don't have to worry about breakfast. You don't have to stop anywhere you're not going to be late for work stopping your breakfast isn't going to be cold when you get to eat it um and you don't have to pack a lunch you don't have to worry about having your duty-free lunch because if you're working through lunch oh well you didn't miss anything you didn't have to eat um so my first recommendation would be to put your window after after your work hours um and that way all during the day you're busy 
so you're not thinking about food and you're eating. Um, and then you're also, you don't have to pack anything. It's so nice. That is the best part. How much time I would spend in the morning making my lunch or my breakfast before I even walked out the door. <laughs> that, I think that's one of my favorite parts is when I leave the house, even if I'm not going anywhere, I don't have to bring snacks. I'm not stressing it. And I was a snack stressor before. Like I, I would have so much anxiety when we would have PDs and stuff. Am I going to have enough food? What if lunch isn't really late that day? Am I going to be hungry? I need to bring snacks. It was awful that I would have that much anxiety about food in general. So it's so freeing to just wake up, grab my coffee, grab my water and go out the door. And I don't have to worry about that. Uh, I wouldn't recommend starting IF the week of PD. Probably <laughs> not a good idea um, because it would be really hard. <laughs> but so start before or wait till after. But um, it really is freeing that you don't have to bring anything. And, and you get to a point where you're not obsessed with food and you're not constantly thinking about food. And if you are thinking about food, it's, a, it's in a healthy way because you're planning your next meal. It's not because you're obsessing that you didn't get the Twinkie or you didn't get the McDonald's. You're, you're actively thinking, hmm, I think I'll grill some chicken. Oh, I need a vegetable. It's, it's a very positive relationship that you end up having with food over time instead of- I love what you just said because I think that is one of the most profound parts of this is that your entire relationship with food changes and it becomes positive. And anyone out there knows what I'm talking about. When you are obsessing about what you're going to eat, you're thinking about the calories and the carbs and the net this and the that. When you can let all of that go, that is where you get to the point where you can have a positive relationship with food and enjoy eating and cooking and, and, and food. And for, I think women especially, that is such a profound change. That, that's really been life-changing for me because I did not have a positive relationship with food. I've struggled my whole life with dieting. I've tried every fad diet that anybody's ever put out there, the supplements, the MLMs. I mean, I've done it all. And I just yo-yoed back and forth. And like you said, I was always looking for the end. And with IF, I'm not looking for the end because I know this is my life. Like, and I'm okay with that. I'm happy with it. I don't need to look for an end. Absolutely. Having that extra mental clarity and that energy at work, you're more productive. You're getting stuff done during the day. You're getting stuff done during your lunch. You're getting stuff done during your conference period. And when you get home, you have all that time with your family, which is amazing. And you're not, you're not food prepping at night. You're not meal planning. So it, it gives you so much more freedom than just the weight loss. Like your health is better. Your relationship with food is better. Your relationship with your family is better because you have more time to focus on them instead of weighing food, counting calories. So what other tips for teachers can you share? Everybody's always looking for motivation. I always hear that. Well, how'd you get motivated? And, and, and as bad as it sounds, you, you're never going to get motivated. No one, you're never just going to get this fire one day where you're going to be like, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to go run a marathon and I'm going to eat healthy. It, it's not going to happen, it, but it's discipline and, and it's going to be hard, but it, it's worth it. I promise. So, um, the same way you get up every morning and you wash your face, you brush your teeth, you're going to get up every morning. You're going to fast. And I just want to throw out there too, you know, if you're sitting in your house or you're in the car or 
you're in a place where you're thinking about your weight and you have this feeling of, of shame or sadness or grief or guilt about your weight and how you look. I have been there. I have felt all of those things. And you know you want to do something, but you try things in the past and they haven't worked. This is the moment I want you to feel motivated. I want you to feel like I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this for 30 days. I'm going to try this for six months just to see what happens. You can't end in any worse spot than you are right now. So if you're looking for that motivation, just really think about how you feel about things right now and take this one step. It, it is a journey that you will not regret. That, that's the best advice ever. Pick, pick, like you said, pick something. I'm going to do it for 30 days or I'm going to do it for 90 days, whatever you pick and just do it every day and, and, and track your progress so that you can see what it feels like when you're done with those 30 days or the 90 days or whatever you choose. Um, because it's going to be hard at the beginning and you're going to want to give up, but don't give up. Take it one fast at a time. If, if you only make it 12 hours the first time, try for 13 the next day. If you only make it for 13, try 14. And, and at the beginning, you may overeat, too. Let me put that out there. Uh, because you're going you're gonna to overeat. You are going to overeat. Let's just put it out there. And that's, that might be why you don't lose at the beginning, because you did overeat. Um, but your body naturally corrects that. You're, you, you realize that you're not starving yourself. And, and in your window, you learn how much to eat so that you don't feel stuffed. You don't feel overly full. So it, it is a learning process. Um, don't give up on it the first day. Take it literally one fast at a time. Uh, and don't be hard on yourself. No, I completely agree. I just want to put, don't, don't stress about the exercise either. People always ask me about that. Um, they're like, well, I'm a teacher. I don't have time to exercise. I, I lost a good portion of my weight without exercising. And, and most of the people in the fasting community do. Um, the ex I started exercising mostly because I, I wanted to. I felt better over time. But yeah, I completely agree. Like for me, six months in, I haven't exercised at all. Just in the last couple months, I started doing some yoga. But really, that's because of quarantine life more than anything else. I just needed to find a way to stretch my body and my muscles. You can up in the house all day long. So, you know, but that. That's a choice for you. You can make a significant dent in your weight without having to do exercise, not having to get the dumbbells, not having to worry about when you're going to fit in formal exercise. Just, just don't. Yeah, and don't don't let your coworkers get you down. Um, people, I know that sounds awful, and we all want to believe that we have the best, most supportive coworkers in the entire world, and we do have a lot of them. But you're going to have those people that are going to be angry that you lost weight and they're going to try to get you down and they're going to tell you that fasting is not safe. They're going to tell you that fasting is going to ruin your metabolism, that you need to eat six to eight meals a day, that you can't eat pasta, you can't eat pizza and you smile at them and you say, thank you. And you move on. And I'm serious and, and you move on because it's working for you and it's the way of life you chose and it's really none of their business. I'm sorry to say it that way, but it's not. And they're going to come to you one day and they're going to want to know how eventually. And when they're ready, that's when you share. 
and you let them know all about what you did and how you got there and you help them on their journey too. You gotta have a haters gonna hate kind of moment where it's like, look, I'm just gonna live my life and do my thing. I appreciate your concern, but <laughs> I don't think a lot of people, you know, nobody says anything when you are sitting there with your third donut at Office TV saying, you know, maybe you should make a better health choice right now. But everybody comes out of the woodwork when you're like, you know, I'm gonna skip all the donuts. And I'm not going to have any of that. And everybody's like, ooh, your health. So <laughs> I really want you to think about like a grain of salt with what other people have to say about the journey that you're going to go on to try to improve your health, to lower your weight, and to find a better relationship with food and a better relationship with yourself and your self-esteem. Let them hate us hate. And that positive self-talk, though, it's really important. So don't don't let those haters get in your head. If you feel like you need information to be able to combat the naysayers, or if you just want to get better informed yourself as you're deciding how or if you're going to take this journey, do you have any book recommendations? I, I would recommend even before you start, even just listening to this, I would still recommend reading. Um, I, I learned a lot of my stuff from Jen Stevens, who's also was a teacher who's been doing IF very successfully for uh, quite a few years. And um, I think she's been in maintenance since 2015. So um, she has two books. She has Delay, Don't Deny. And then she has a new book that just came out, Fast Feast, Repeat. It's a little bit longer and it has more of the science in it. So if you're a teacher, I kind of would recommend you do the second one because you always want to know not just how to do it, but you want to know why. Um, and she gives a lot of the reasons why IF works, how, um, appetite correction comes in play, how the body recom recompositioning works. Um, so I would recommend either reading one of those. She does a really good job of explaining it, uh, how to do it, how to get started. And in her new book, she even gives you a 28-day fast start guide um, of kind of how to, how to get started. So those would be good. And the other thing I would say is also get you a positive kind of self-help book to read while you're doing this um, because you don't want to just focus on the IF. You want to focus on how you're becoming a better person all around. Uh, I was, uh, when I started, I read Grace, Not Perfection. And it was, uh, it was by Emily Lay. And it was, it was a nice start because she go, kind of goes deep into, uh, you don't have to be perfect at everything. You can give yourself grace every single day. And it was nice to have that balance why I was starting IF, that I didn't have to be perfect. If I didn't fast as long as I needed to, or if I ate five Twinkies, I could give myself grace and I could move on the next day. That's a really powerful message. So yeah, definitely. Um, I think you really hit on something to kind of combine this journey with some positive self-healing. Because I think that if you have had a bad relationship with food, there, there's some residual impact in terms of your self-esteem and your the way you think about yourself in the world that you might want to take the time to repair as well. Um, but I completely agree. I think that a great first place to start is with um, Delay, Don't Deny. It is a super quick read. If you are thinking about IF and you're not quite sure, I think that is a great book to start with just to kind of see yourself in someone else's journey and commit. There's also a very big Facebook community with Jen Stevens and definitely um, she also has a YouTube, or excuse me, a podcast 
So get the information, and that's a great way. And I think after you've done that, when you look for the science, when you're looking for more information to combat the naysayers, I also suggest Dr. Fong's book, The Obesity Code, because I think that that's a little bit deeper dive into the science, but really start to open your eyes as to what your standard American diet has been doing to you and the possibilities that fasting has for you, not just in your weight, but also in your health. Uh, that's a great one. That's one of my other favorite books about fasting. And that, like you said, it really delves into the science and it really goes over the benefits of your overall health. Um, I started I because of weight loss, but I, I've gained so much more that I would, this is my way of life. I would, I will never go back. Absolutely. So you've never even said, it's been 18 months. How much weight have you lost? Um, so I started at 315 and I'm right at 195. So I've lost, yeah, <laughs> almost 120 pounds. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Legit, that is an entire human. I, I still have about 15-ish pounds I need to lose. For anyone out there, you're you're tall. How tall are you? I'm, I'm between 5'10", 5'11", so I am tall, yes. Yes, so my, my weight's going to be higher than some of the other people. I, I would like to be right around like 175. And, and a reminder to everyone, 18 months. The weight didn't come on overnight. It is not going to come off overnight. You've got to make a commitment. But think about if 18 months ago, you tried it for a day and you were like, oh, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but like, my guess is right now you'd be kind of in the same place you were then. Oh, 100%, because that's right right around that 293, 10-ish. Is, that's where I hovered, honestly. And I would start a diet. I would lose 30, 40 pounds. I would quit. And I'd go right back up. That's that was where my body thought it was comfortable. And the thing with IF is it it changes your body and you get a new comfortable. Um, and so as you're losing weight and you get down to where you're close to maintenance, your body realizes it's not supposed to be that heavier weight, you know. And uh, just about losing all the weight, you just feel so much more energy, and you're not tired all the time. You don't stress when you walk into a school and it's three floors and, and everybody's taking the stairs and not the elevator. You know, it's those little things that you don't have to have those silent panic attacks about anymore. Yeah, you start to feel like the you that you think you are in your head. You start to feel like your real you. Yes. So for our listener question moment, I'm going to throw that question out to you. What do you eat in your window? That's what everybody wants to know. Uh, they, they just automatically assume if you're doing IF and losing weight that you must be really restricting your, your calories and stuff. Um, I, so I eat everything, honestly. Uh, I love food still. I just, I just can, I know what I can eat and what I can't and how much to eat. So I still eat everything. I am a huge meat person. I love steak. I, we probably eat steak once a week and I eat a 12 ounce steak by myself. Um, and I usually eat salad and a roll and a baked potato with it too. But I will put out there, um, as I've gone my, done my IF journey, um, I'm down to where I eat one big meal a day. And then I will usually have like an appetizer and I might have a dessert afterwards. When I do eat, I like my big portion sizes. 
Uh, I don't hold back on anything. If I'm making a baked potato, I put butter, I put sour cream, but I, I, I have stopped eating as much processed food just naturally. So I will throw that out there. Uh, we were talking about it earlier. Stuff doesn't taste good anymore. Uh, matter of fact, I won't put the restaurant on blast, but the other day my husband wanted a um, fast food type restaurant to go for dinner. And I was like, I don't really want that, but okay. And we got it and it, I, I, I really ate like three bites and I, I ended up throwing it away and I went and I cooked something different. And <laughs> this, I know I'm that person, it's so bad. Um, but I knew that if I only took two bites of my food, like I wouldn't have a good successful eating window, but I didn't want to eat that. It, was, it didn't taste good. You could taste how processed it was. You could taste the extra salt. I mean, it just, it didn't taste good. And I, I did. I went and made um, like some eggs and toast and, and stuff because that was more sustainable to me than what we had gotten. Absolutely. Well, and for a little bit of recommendation for what to eat, in the very beginning, that first 30 days, don't worry about what you're eating. Just change the one thing, change the when. Eat what you are normally eating. If you normally eat a light carb diet, if you normally eat a heavy carb diet, whatever it is, keep doing that. Don't worry about what. Just focus on the when. And then at some point, start to think about what. And this is where I think that diet kind of thing can come in for you. Like, if you want to go low carb, if you want to go keto, if you want to go heavy meat, light meat, whatever it is, you want to do, do it. Uh, stop thinking about calories. If you read Dr. Fung, you're going to find out calories are in this anyway. Don't count anything. Eat until you're not hungry. Stop. <laughs> Reflect. Have some extra water. And then see if you want anything else. But for that beginning part, don't worry about what. Just when. Think your body will automatically correct. Um, and for me, I read uh, Dr. Gundry's book, The Plant Paradox. And that really enlightened me a little bit on what. So as you go down through your journey, journey a little bit, start with Jim, figure out why, <laughs> move to Dr. Fung to figure out how, and then try Dr. Gundry to figure out what. And I found that when I would follow that and have like salmon and sweet potatoes and vegetables and avocados, I would eat gigantic meals, huge, and I would lose weight. Mm -hmm. Like the paradox of that in my head didn't even make sense. You're like, I'd eat until literally, like I have to go lie down. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd wake up the next morning down a half a pound. So in the beginning, don't worry, you'll get there. Is there anything else you'd like to add to close? It's not that simple in the beginning, but I promise before you know it, it is that simple. Absolutely, absolutely, perfect, perfect advice to close. Well, if people wanna keep in touch or follow along or ask you questions, is there any way that they can get in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. My uh, Instagram name is health, happiness, and Jeeps. Kind of funny. Um, I, I own a Jeep is why. Um, and I kind of post all my weight loss uh, story there. So you can follow me there. You are more than welcome to drop a comment below and hopefully the community can give you some suggestions or I can pop in and give you some tips. So Amber, I really appreciate you being here today. I'm hoping that we have inspired some teachers out there in the world to take control of their health and happiness and get, give IF a try.
Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed being on the show. And for real, if, if, if you really struggle, this, this is something new you can try and it, it is something you can do. Just take it one day at a time. You've, you've got it, learn a little bit about it and then start and don't look back because you won't, I promise. <laughs> All right, y'all, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. It was amazing to get to sit down and talk with Amber about her journey with intermittent fasting and how she's made it work for her as a classroom teacher. I hope that it has inspired you to make some small changes in your life so that you can see the big results that she has seen. If you found any of the information that we shared in this video helpful, please hit the like button and share it with others. It might not be time for you to start in your IF journey, but there might be a friend or family member or fellow teacher who really needs to hear the information that we've talked about so they can find the motivation to get started. So share this video, hit like, and if you enjoy the materials that we've been sharing here on Noodle Nook, hit the subscribe button and the alert bell so that you don't miss any future videos because teaching special ed is hard, so hard, but you can do this. I've got faith in you. Just remember to stay strong and teach on. All right, y'all, this is Io here with Noodle Nook, and I will see you next time.